We're live. We're live. All right. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the hardworking happy hour. This is our first episode of a brand new podcast brought to you, uh, I guess, by Premier Outdoor Living. Still waiting on some sponsors, I suppose, but... <laughs> Right here, we have me, Sean Collinsgrew, from Premier Outdoor Living, and we also have Catherine Lippincott from Premier Outdoor Living. Did we want to put that last name out there? <laughs> yeah. I guess it's time. Okay. I'm going to have to All do right. it at some point. Well, we wanted to start this podcast so we could really just cover a lot of stuff that people are always asking us about and just dive into some issues around the trades, whether it's starting a business, whether it's expanding your business or really just kind of anything. We, we have a lot of exciting topics on deck for you in forthcoming episodes. On deck. On deck, yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the first one that we're going to get started with today is going to be about thinking outside the box because that's something that it's one of the things that, that I'm good at. One of the few things that I'm good at is coming up with outside the box ideas. So... That's what we wanted to start off with. I feel like my expertise is somewhat limited, but that's one thing, you know, I think I got in the bag. Yeah, for sure. Should probably also touch on the fact that each week, because it's the end of the week, we're going to be making specialty cocktails each week. And this week, Catherine, what do you have for us here? So this week we have a Paloma, which uh, traditionally is tequila and a grapefruit beverage and sparkling water, I believe. Um, we made it with grapefruit soda and tequila. And it's quite delicious. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. It's very good. It's very festive. I feel like uh, it kind of matches the motif that we have here in the mobile command center. So I'm definitely digging this. So each week yeah. we'll have a different specialty cocktail. Yep. Catherine gonna... made this one. Next week will be my turn yes. to pick something. So if you have any ideas, send those in as well. And we'll try out some new recipes for you know, some end of the week cocktails, which should be fun. Yeah, to enjoy our happy hour. So most of the people that are going to be listening to this, since the only real venue for exposure is through our Instagram and YouTube and social media, they probably already know me. But Catherine, you're you're somewhat new to Premier Outdoor Living. You've been with us for about four months. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Time flies. Yeah. Time really flies. Yes, yeah, we've done a lot in four months. We have. <laughs> We're working out of a mobile command center yeah. now. It's it's really amazing what you can get done in four months. But True. people don't know too much about you. So why don't we introduce you? Tell us a little bit more about your background because you, you definitely have been a lot of people. You've mm -hmm. done a lot of different things. And especially for our outside the box kind of business, I think we're going to be able to like pull from a lot of those things that you've done in the past and use those here. So... Just yeah. tell people about yourself. Okay. So I moved around a little bit. I lived in well, New Jersey, obviously now, um, but I'm from here. And then I moved to Alabama for a while and California. And in that time, I worked for um, a small boutique, you could say, business for the on their marketing team. Um, their name was Red Bull. So I think I've heard of them. Yeah. That, I mean, they that make one, a great product. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to try it out. Um, so I started off in marketing, did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I went into the more corporate world where I was doing commercial real estate. Um, take a second, sip Red of that Bull Red Bull. Red Bull break. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so my background is a little bit of a blend of like marketing and more structured, um, kind of contract law. So I kind of brought a, uh. A balance, I would guess you could say, to premiere where it, uh, I brought that corporate life into us and kind of <laughs> definitely <laughs> tried to organize uh, and uh, get it, you know, yeah, get things up. running a little bit better because <laughs> thinking outside the box is one of my strengths. Creativity, one of my strengths. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of weaknesses. Organization, um, just being on time for things, um, being professional. Um, just so many things that I'm really not good. Organization is <laughs> probably the biggest one. Very disorganized. So yeah. bringing your expertise in, you know, just having experience from more of like a, a corporate world where things like have to be done a certain way. 
Yeah. We've already started to implement some of those things and it's been great for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like what, what we want to get into on this first episode is just how you can look at your business and just not try to follow the, the path that you think everybody needs to, to follow. In the construction industry, I feel like there's just this, this idea that there's one way to grow your business, that you, that you expand, you scale, you hire more crews, and that's the way to grow. But right. I think a lot of people don't really have that skill set to be able to scale like that. Like I kind of looked at it and can you imagine if I was in charge of like 10 crews? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> it would just be, it would, it would be, be mayhem. mayhem. <laughs> yeah. And I think more people need to just look at what their skill set is and try to build something around that. And that's what I always tried to do with the video stuff. Now with podcasts, with, um, you know, the, the design stuff, really keeping it super design focused from the beginning because that was kind of my strength. Um, what have you noticed, you know, since coming to premier outdoor living, just that's maybe a little bit different from the corporate world (laughs) (laughs) besides everything. I mean, (laughs) mostly everything, but no, like you said, I think it's important that like you play up your strengths and like you said, you're super creative and really good at that and kind of hiring people around you that allow you to do what you're good at and kind of delegate the other things has made, you know, the business, you know, we started a podcast in a couple of days. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you find a way to do it, it just, you know, you just got to have the right people around you and allow you to do what you a want to do. Cause you're going to enjoy it more and be like, yeah, just get it going. Yeah. I think that's another thing that, that people don't really like take into account is, doing something and and building a business around things that you actually like to do. Not only that you're good at, but you like to do. Yeah. You're going to have a better outcome if you enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And that's kind of how I got into doing the YouTube videos and all the content stuff. I just liked making the videos. It was like a creative process, something that, you know, I loved seeing the project itself go from a concept all the way to completion. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like another dimension to that with the videos you know now we're able to create a video and have that video come from concept to completion and it just like you know it was something that I really wanted to do so Mm -hmm. it also allowed me to like put in all that work where for the first like year year and a half it was like so much work and and it wasn't bringing in any more money you know it was maybe bringing in a couple leads but not that many people were watching it at that point Mm -hmm. but since I enjoyed it I was able to like push through that and then finally it hit a tipping point and you know the first year we went from 0 to 3000 subscribers on YouTube and then in the next 12 months went from 3000 to like 100,000. Mm-hmm. So during that time did you was it like discouraging to you or did you were you just so focused on like this is what I want to do so I'm just going to do it and make it work or was it was there at any point where you going to like stop? Um it's, it's like hard to even like look back on it. I remember when I started that I knew it wasn't going to happen like overnight. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not just going to be able to put out like four or five videos and people are going to watch it. And you kind of almost don't even want that because if you go back and look at our first probably 50 videos, like they're terrible. They're just like, I didn't know how to edit anything. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. still not that great at it, but, you know, I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to like put together a video or what to talk about. So it's kind of good that, you know, in the beginning, not a lot of people are going to be watching it and you're going to start getting better at it. So for that first year, I kind of told myself, like, we're just going to do this for an entire year. And I set the goal at 100 videos and then we'll kind of like evaluate it, see how it went and, you know, adjust from there because you need to have like a good sample size before you can really like make decisions on what's working and what's not. Yeah. So, but I was really just like enjoying it. I not only liked creating the videos and editing them, but it also made the work day like a lot more fun yeah. because we were like trying to, you know, get some entertaining content or, you know, have some funny moments in it. Mm-hmm. So just like 
it boosted the morale of the job site so much that it just like became part of what we were doing. So I really didn't think about it too much in that first year, but because if you do, like it's going to be discouraging, you know, like (laughs) to spend, you know, probably I would say in the beginning, at least 10 dedicated hours a week just to like editing, uploading, all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. to have like, I don't know, maybe 200 people watch it or something. It's like, if you focus on that, you're going to be super discouraged and you're just going to give up. Yeah. But I kind of knew, I saw that we were in such a nice little niche with decks and patios. Um, and I just thought that there wasn't a whole lot of people that had our business model where we do kind of like everything start to finish. And I thought it would be like a cool little niche. There wasn't a ton of people making content about full backyard remodels. So mm-hmm. I thought that there was like a, a void content wise um, that we could fill. So I believed in that. Yeah. I thought we would figure it out along the way and we're still definitely just figuring it out along the way. We definitely don't have it completely figured out, but it's, it's just always going to be a process, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So I already know this story, but I think it's important to talk about like, so you had this vision with the YouTube and the social media and wanting to make that bigger because you enjoyed it. Um, how hard was it to convince other people that it was a good idea? Um, I think I didn't really even, I think I kind of like thrive on people doubting the idea or just saying like, what you're going to make, you're gonna make YouTube videos about your building projects. Like that's weird. (laughs) Um, so like, I kind of like almost like I like to seek that out just as like a motivational driver. So, you know, some people, people that are already on Instagram and YouTube, like they obviously will get it or people that are just maybe a little bit younger that consume that content, understand it. But especially like I'd say my dad or or my parents at first, they were just like, they saw how much work it was, I think. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it wasn't the first time that, I came up with like an outside the box idea. So they might've kind of trusted a little bit more by then, but you know, there was definitely people that are like, you're spending so much time on this. Your job productivity is going down because you're worried about what you're going to film. You're spending so much time at home editing and doing all this stuff. Like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And it did take like, I'd say probably a full two years before it was like definitely definitely worth it where we had, you know, some sponsorships coming through for the content and, you know, the ad revenue from YouTube was substantial enough to make it worth it. But yeah, I really just, I didn't, I didn't definitely didn't concentrate on the naysayers at that point. It Mm -hmm. was just kind of like, I'm doing this and I know that there is an opportunity here and Mm -hmm. we're in a good position to seize that opportunity and if we don't somebody else is going to um so i just kind of like jumped in head first and you know we're we're still kind of like we still have that mentality where i mean when you came on it was like okay i've kind of got it to this point by myself and with all the other stuff i'm doing like this is as far as i can probably take it so bringing in your expertise i feel like we're at like another turning point another tipping point to get to that next level where maybe a million maybe a million subscribers yeah it's a goal 10 million yeah 100 million the world's our oyster yeah you just you know (laughs) we're just gonna keep plugging away and we're gonna revamp and and figure things out as you go just like you said yeah and i i think for for other people that are you know maybe starting their business um you know, they, I see stuff on, on online forums, like on, you know, deck building or construction or, or hardscaping forums that people are like looking for this formula of like how they should be pricing jobs, how they should be just like how they should be doing stuff. Like what's the next piece of equipment I should buy, um, to grow this business. And it's like, if you're looking at outside input for your business like you're the only one that really understands your business 
and where you want to take it, then mm-hmm. you're just going to like, you know, you're kind of following somebody else's path. Yeah. And you, once you get there, you know, you might realize like, this isn't where I wanted to go. I'm right. doing a bunch of stuff that I don't even like. So I think more people just need to, you know, just get out of that like cookie cutter business model mindset and just look at number one, like what are your skills? What makes you as an owner different and how can you just build something unique around that? Yeah. So that's kind of what I did with, with the creativity because in the short four months you've kind of, you've kind of realized organization, that kind of stuff is definitely not, definitely not my skill set. So (laughs) Yeah, but you play up what you are good at so well that it's like that's that's where the that's where the drive is. That's where the need is. That's where, you know, you hustle so hard in that direction that up until this point it's worked and yeah. now <laughs> you needed to hire somebody else to kind of yeah. do the back end stuff. Yeah, and I th- I think um you know, really like the fact that I catered to my skill sets initially it wasn't definitely wasn't like wildly successful right off the bat, but mm-hmm. it was especially when it was just me and maybe one or two other people on the crew. It was like we were catering so much to my skill set that it overcame a lot of the things that I was bad at and like masked those things. And we were able to overcome all my shortcomings to to kind of get to a point where now I can kind of hire out my weaknesses. Yeah. Like you are like super organized our our whiteboards in here are just like we're crossing stuff off like crazy we have it so so dialed in and then hiring anthony as mm-hmm. like a super experienced carpenter he came in with like a whole bunch of knowledge that i didn't have um where yeah. i had to figure out everything that we were doing on my own like any new thing that we tried it was like i was just leading the charge and figuring that out so yeah i think once you get to a point where you can hire out your weaknesses, that's awesome. Yeah. And you kind of have to make sure that like you hire people that also see your vision because you are so creative and you do like, you've always been able to like pivot, like, like you started a landscaping business and then you're like, "Mm, this isn't really my thing. I don't really want to do landscaping. I'm going to try something else and pivot. And like, you've had Jose stay with you this whole time. And he was just like, all right, I'm I'm in it for the ride. And then, you know, then Josh came along and he's like, okay, we're going to, you know, yeah. And each, you know, you hire people that kind of see your vision and trust that you're going to take it to a point that they'll reach their goals. Yeah. 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 And that, you know, I think you, you have to like gain people's trust by having them see you figure it out along the way sort of yeah like oh you know he came up with this idea to do this that ended up working out like I thought that was kind of crazy and then you get a little bit more of like um like almost like a leash with your employees or or anybody really even with Sarah like when I come with an idea that like sounds a little bit off the wall like hey I think we're gonna buy a van and turn it into a mobile command center she was like, are you sure that's a good idea? That sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. But she's also seen a lot of other ideas mm-hmm. kind of come together. And she's like, okay, well, if you really think it's a good idea, cool. Go for it. I trust you. Yeah. So I think that goes for really everybody in your life. Your employees, they have to see you kind of just have that mindset where we're going to figure it out no matter what. And like you said, with yeah. pivoting. I think that's like so crucial, especially in the the beginning stages of a business, like being able to keep your business small enough and lean enough where you can like recognize different opportunities and then shift and follow that instead of getting like backed up with debt and, you know, really just being like trapped with your decisions based on, you know, all of your your equipment payments and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you need to like you need to be able to pivot, you need to be able to stick with ideas too. Yeah. To fruition, not like oh I tried this thing and it didn't work and now I'm <laughs> 70 grand in debt and I can't yep. keep going. You need to like stick with that idea, make it work 
and give it like a full effort before yeah, you give it your full effort or like you said set a goal like after 100 videos then yeah. i'll reassess set a yeah. goal and don't just give up in the meantime yeah i think i think that's like that's probably the most common thing that i hear um when people ask me like how did you start to get traction on youtube i tried mm -hmm. it and like you know I don't know what's up with the algorithm or whatever, but nobody was watching my videos. <laughs> and then like, I'll go to their channel and it's like, there was like four videos up and I'm like, yeah. nobody like, what did you expect was going to happen? Like you're just going to upload a video. Nobody knows who you are and it's going to get like millions of views. Like, yeah, no wonder why it didn't work. You didn't, you didn't do anything. <laughs> like you can't just upload four videos and be like, I should be a YouTube star. Yeah. You know, we've, I've worked so, so hard and we're only at well, like 165,000 subscribers, Yeah, which it seems like a lot to me because a hundred thousand was like this giant, like mountain of a milestone that I was looking at. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of passed that and, you know, compared to a lot of other people, 165 is like nothing, Yeah, you know? So I think it's, <laughs> you kind of have to have the mentality that you know, there really is no end goal. It's just continually setting new goals. And once you hit those goals, like, you know, your, your perspective of it changes. So whereas I thought a hundred thousand was like so many, once we hit that, I was like, I feel like we're kind of just getting started, but you need to have that mentality that you're going to see it through and you're not just going to like give up after four videos because you didn't hit a hundred thousand subscribers right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You need to set realistic goals. Yeah. That's not how that, you know, it's not how that works. You can't upload four videos. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking so much about like thinking outside the box. Um, uh -huh. you know, one thing outside the box is obviously this mobile command center. I think this podcast could be, you know, most construction companies aren't doing podcasts, but, um, I think that goes hand in hand with our, our social media stuff that we're doing. And, but what are, what from an outsider's, I mean, you're an insider now, but when you came on, like, what are some things that maybe are not too out of the box, but like, what, what do we need to like have more of a corporate mentality about in our business? Cause like everything can't just be, you know, crazy ideas and, and insanity. Like you need some structure. So like, right. What what are the biggest things, besides all the things I mentioned that I'm terrible at, that like <laughs> any business kind of needs and could learn from more of a structured business? Yeah, I think with with construction companies, there's or any really trade, I guess. There's so much back end paperwork and stuff that that. And like organization things that if you have processes in place, it's going to go smoothly and it's going to not it's, pile it's, up. Yeah, it's going to, it'll yeah. just feel more natural. And if you have these processes in place, but also there's so many loose ends all over the place yeah. that it's really hard to get it wrangled into a spot where you feel like there is this processes. And like, like you said, yeah. if we had 10 crews, that would be mayhem. But yeah. It's mayhem enough with just one crew yeah. <laughs> and we're there on site all the time. Yeah. So I do think that there is like, I like corporate world is so buttoned up, so organized. Every single thing has a processes. You have to do a million things to go five feet. You know, it's like yeah. everything is so buttoned up that it feels so cumbersome and terrible. Yeah. Um, but that's how that has to be. So we are the exact opposite of that. And there, there's, it was, you know, there wasn't that. And so I think that there is a balance that needs to be met where yeah. you feel like those things that we do on every job, that should go smoothly, you know, like permits. We should be able to just kind of get that wrangled in, yeah. but not so much that you create so much red tape that it just feels awful. So yeah. it's kind of like getting those t things tightly knit, get your, get your core things just so it's kind of like a okay, we checked those boxes and now we can do the outside the box thinking. Now we can do, Yeah. you just got to create that like back end kind of process that once you get to a spot, you can let that kind of just work in the background. And, and kind of have like a, a system set up where, okay, every every Monday we, you know, look 
at our future projects and we do any permit work that we need to do or yeah um what i, I don't i don't know if that's how the system would work because i'm terrible at creating these systems so <laughs> maybe like doing permits every monday is a terrible idea and there's a different way to do it but yeah. i think like exactly what you said like there's so many processes in a corporate setting where it makes like really novel ideas like difficult to implement because it's like everyone has such a specific job and everything has to go in a certain way which is kind of you know the only way these massive companies can run yeah yeah when you have 500 employees it has to be that way but it does like new ideas are dead on arrival you don't you don't have any room for yeah anything because you would have to get it through 40 steps to make any kind of change Whereas we're kind of the complete opposite of that because we came up with the idea of having a mobile command center and <laughs> like I think four days later bought a van, mm-hmm. went to Dallas for the deck expo. So we lost a week there mm-hmm. and then it only took us like two more weeks to get it on the road. And now we came up with the idea for the podcast. Like we were, it was on the board, it was on the vision board. Yeah. But we were like, should we record a podcast tomorrow? And we're like, yeah, sure, why not? And then we went out and bought all the equipment, figured out how to use it. And now we are live on the air talking. So I think that everything can't be like that. You know, implementing new things, it's great to have that flexibility where you can just come up with an idea, implement it. But all the other things that that's kind of like built on, like just all the projects that we do and every project has a permit and every project has you know, a design process. Every project has all of these things like material orders and just there's so many things that can be systemized mm-hmm. and in a way that it's not going to like stifle creativity. It's just going to, if anything, like free it up more right. because you're not dedicating that brain power to like, you know, I'm like famous for just always having things like floating around in my head and like, if I just write it down on a list, it's like amazing because I just like have this overwhelming feeling that I have 10 things to do, but I haven't written them down. They're just kind of floating around in my head. Yeah. And that like stifles creativity so much. So yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for like setting up some systems so that it can free you up to really like evaluate your business on a bigger level, like kind of step back see what's going on, come up with new ideas, implement them. Yeah. And yeah. At the end of the day, it's still a business. You still have to do those things. You still have paperwork to do. You still have yeah. to worry about people's insurance. You Sucks. still have to like, I wish it yeah. wasn't like, I wish we didn't <laughs> have to do permits just... <laughs> or have insurance or yeah. just like paperwork. It's like, it's I just want to go out and just build decks and <laughs> <sighs> even with building decks, you still need to get architectural approval yeah, and then you have to have the township have to, to get through inspections. So there are those things you do need to take care of yep. in order. But like I said, once you get those to a spot where you can kind of just have that in the back of your brain so you can f- yeah. be free thinking in the forward part of your brain. Yeah. There is a solution to every problem. What is the saying? What does Anthony say? Um <laughs> there's no problems, just solutions that haven't been found yet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> which is is definitely something that we live by because Um, a lot of really the whole business is kind of like the, at the forefront is like design ideas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're making YouTube videos We're we're trying to really up our Instagram content and those shorter videos and, um, all of that stuff. But all of that is like predicated on, we have to come up with new ideas because at the end of the day, we're just building decks and patios. So like nobody's going to follow and watch the same deck and patio get built a hundred times. So it really puts an emphasis on coming up with new ideas for inlays or patterns or different structures. And that's always been at the forefront of almost every decision that we make because if we're building boring stuff. Then the content, no matter how great we are at filmmaking, the content's going to be boring. Mm-hmm. So just figuring out solutions to stuff is like probably the most important thing on a job site because every day we're doing something that, you know, we haven't done that exact thing before. There is no like process for it. We need to just like 
evaluate what's happening, find a solution and keep going. So I, I, that's why I, it's probably my favorite thing that Ant says. <laughs> I, I, he probably only said it like once, but it will forever be <laughs> Ant saying. Yeah. We should, uh, that should be our, we're looking for a idea in our van to have, um, yeah. we have a threshold that we want to put in a, a big idea on, which was going to be locking in for justice, but maybe. Maybe something less ambiguous. Maybe it could be. Yeah. There's no problems, just solutions that haven't been found yet. I really, I don't know if he made that up, but. It's really great. It is. It's really great. Like, <laughs> if I was going to get a tattoo, I don't have any. I, right now, I would probably pick that. Yeah. I feel that strongly about it right now. Maybe it that's might our be next. the Paloma, maybe. <laughs> which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refill. Re-up. Yep. So send in some ideas for what I should make next week. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you come up with. I got a couple ideas. I don't want to give away too much right now. Okay. Um... But I got I got some ideas for some some interesting cocktails that we can make. And I think it's gonna be a good way to just end the week on a Friday. We end the day hour or so early. We come back here. We should probably let people know that this is parked now and we are not driving. Right. The this keys is, are not in the ignition of this vehicle. Yep, it is. The keys are removed. <laughs> this will not be going anywhere else for the rest of the day. Nope. It is plugged in. Yeah. We are literally it's plugged in plugged into to your the, house to my house yes for our power, power system yeah. Yeah. <laughs> power all this machinery <laughs> um what's another thing that you know that you've seen that's just maybe a little bit different as far as how we run things um or you know maybe something that you weren't expecting when you started working here that could be good or bad something that you're like oh my god i can't believe they're doing this what idiots or something <laughs> like Wow, that's a pretty cool idea. Um, I mean, there's so many things, and it's 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 cool because I've I've known Sean for a long time. I've like we went to high school with each other. We weren't friends, but I still knew you. Small um, school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody so, knew each other. Yeah, and I am best friends with his wife, so I've known him for at least as long as they've been together, which is a decade or so, right? It's been a long time, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long time that yeah. I've known you. So I've kind of watched you um, grow this business. I've seen, you know, you start off doing landscaping and then move to hardscaping, adding the hardscaping, the decking, and now you're building whole backyard experiences. Um, so it's been really cool to see how creative you have allowed yourself to be and you didn't get bogged down in, like, worrying about, what other, not necessarily what other people thought, but like how you should structure a business. You've always been creative and you've always done that. And you've always allowed the people around you to do that too. Like when Anthony comes to you with ideas, you're like, yeah, sure do it. Yeah. Or if I do something, you're like, whatever, go ahead, do it. Yeah. Try it. See how it goes. So just creating a business where you are so open and like to trying new things or just giving people the freedom to do what they want. That is very unusual in a business and it's been cool to see you kind of just flourish in that and allow yourself to be creative without like bogging yourself down in what a business quote unquote should be. And you've pivoted from doing the hardscaping and now, like you always say, we're a media company that happens to build backyards. (laughs) (laughs) That's our goal. That's our goal. So you've allowed yourself to pivot a lot of times in your business and that's, that's really cool. It's very unusual. It's not, normal that a business would do that but you've made it work and it's been it's fun to be a part of that's for yeah. sure yeah i like i mean <laughs> i like to have fun every day probably like too much sometimes that i'm distracting everybody else but <laughs> i really want to like go to work and just like i want to have fun all the time i'm like i mean especially Ant, he makes fun of me all the time because i'm like literally act like a child a lot of times <laughs> like <laughs> just with how i am but I I want to be able to act like that, not like completely like a child. Sometimes I have to be be like a tiny bit professional, but (laughs) I want to just be able to like create a business where I can be completely myself, have fun, allow everybody else to be themselves. And I think it takes a while to kind of like when you start your business, like you're not going to be able to really be like that at from the very beginning. Like Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot 
especially with the way I started, because like I was just figuring out everything along the way. So it was kind of like fake it till you make it. And Mm -hmm. you have to like almost prove to yourself that you can do this, that you can figure it out on your own as the leader before you go and like hire people that have more skills than you. I think that's Mm -hmm. really important in the beginning, just so, you know, one, you can really learn like the ins and outs of everything that you're doing. That's that allowed me to become like a much better designer as I got more experience building. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you also like appreciate other people's skill set a lot more when, you know, I spent the first three, four years really being like the lead carpenter on the crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And with most of the stuff, especially anything new that we were doing, I was completely just like figuring it out as we went doing a ton of research, asking people questions, you know, through Instagram or, you know, my own personal network and just figuring it out. And it took me a while to get to the point where I really felt like I was comfortable enough with my own skills to bring somebody like Anthony on who is Mm -hmm. like, you know, so much more experienced than me. He came from a background of like building entire houses. So, I was like figuring out every little thing to get to like, you know, the next feature that we'd build on a deck. And he's going from like, okay, well, I've done all this other stuff. I know how to build a house start to finish. So he's like narrowing his focus so much. And, you know, it was probably one of the biggest turning points in our business was when we brought him on. That's when we started building a ton of roof structures. Mm -hmm. That's something that we probably wouldn't have definitely not as quickly gotten into. Um, And it's also allowed me to focus more on being creative because I don't have to be out there figuring out every little detail. Yeah. You don't have to be like, I want to do this, but I don't know how quite yet. You can just be like, I want to build this crazy (laughs) and make this happen. What do we have to do? Yeah. And then he says, (laughs) I don't know if we can do that. And I'm like, that's not the right attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure it out. We're, we're going to make this There's happen. There's a solution to this problem. Yeah. There's, <laughs> it's, there are no problems, only solutions that haven't been found yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that, that that's like something that's really important is kind of like being in the, in the weeds for a while when you start your business to like yeah. just really grind it out. And there's so much stuff on like, every platform, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube that it's just like, take my, you know, thousand dollar sales class. Yeah. My, my sales mastery class. And you're going to make a million dollars your first year. And you're also going to get a Lamborghini and (laughs) probably only work like an hour a week. And it's like, you just see that stuff everywhere. And it obviously must work for the people making the course like they're probably they probably have a Lamborghini and they're doing great Mm -hmm. but like that's just not realistic like you're not going to be able to just like jump into a business start it have it go like super smooth and make a ton of money right off the bat yeah like something's going to have to be sacrificed like you might make a ton of money at first but you're working 120 hours a week or you know there's always going to be something that you have to sacrifice to put in it's either money, profit, um, time, energy, whatever it is, like you're going to have to sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way, especially with, with stuff in the trades and, and, you know, like a design build business, I think it's really important that you kind of do start small, especially if you're not coming from, maybe if you're coming from like a larger company and you're, and you're branching out on your own, you can kind of start a little bit further ahead, but I think it's really important to like grind it out, be in the trenches for a while. So like Mm -hmm. you can figure it out. You can learn more about what your business needs to grow and you can like really be confident in who's the next person I need to hire. Like what position is that? That's going to help the most. Um, Mm -hmm. Just all of those things. I think that comes from being in the business from the beginning. Right. So when you when you started this business, and if there's one thing I know about businesses, when you start them, all the 
old guys in the industry are going to say, no, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. This is how you have to run a business. <laughs> and you've always been an outside of the box thinker. Yeah. How do like, how did you know to trust your own ideas? How did you get to a point where you were comfortable just doing what you were going to do until it worked? I think like we, we've really covered all of my shortcomings, but another one of my, <laughs> of my strengths that I really believe in is just like when I have like a, a vision for something, I really, really believe in it. Like, and I also think that like, you know, you hear in like preschool, you can do anything you set your mind to. Like I, I really, <laughs> you really wrote that out. <laughs> I really like something that really struck a chord with me. <laughs> and I really, I like really, really deep down believe that I can do anything I set my mind to. Yeah. Like it's going to take a ton of work. It's going to mm -hmm. be really hard. Yeah. You know, not, none of this is going to be easy if I want to like become an astronaut, but I really <laughs> feel like I might, I might be starting a little bit late if I want to be an astronaut right now, but I, I really feel like that. And Mm -hmm. that like you have to have that like really like deep faith in your idea or in your vision yeah. to be able to not listen to what other people say because my dad owns a construction company and we never really worked too well together because family dynamics are are tough at, <laughs> in the workplace. Right. So <laughs> I only worked for him for a couple months, but you know, he was something I always went to for advice when I started and or if I ran into a problem on a job and I didn't know how to, you know, build something, I could ask him. And mm -hmm. he was always looking at like the projects that we were doing because in the beginning I was just, all I cared about was the finished pictures. Like nobody knew who we were. I wasn't mm -hmm. making a ton of money. I was really like barely making any money in the beginning. But I just knew that I need to ride this out for, you know, a year maybe a year and a half or so and just focus, like not think about the money at all, just focus on what client, you know, ideally they're going to pay me a good amount that like it's at least enough that I can like build something really cool with it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't worried about, oh, this client only has $12,000. So they're going to get a 16 by 16 deck, no frills whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Especially in the beginning, like somebody had like, I remember one job, the first really big one, they ended up spending like $30,000. And I thought that was like $5 million. And <laughs> it was just like, oh my, I can do so much with this. Cause yeah. I didn't care how much money I was making at that point. I was just like, for $30,000, I can still pay my mortgage, pay my bills and be on this job site for 10 weeks and buy a ton of materials. So that's like, that's what I really cared about. And mm -hmm. my dad in the beginning was like, you can't, you can't keep giving these people like, like this should be a hundred thousand dollar backyard and they're paying 30 for it. Like, that's not fair. And I'm like, well, it's, it is kind of fair because, you know, if they were to pay a hundred grand for it, they should hire a contractor that has a reputation that precedes them. I mm -hmm. didn't. So like, right. they were kind of like putting a lot of trust in me mm -hmm. and I looked at it like an awesome opportunity to get those finished pictures because you can tell whatever story you want about that project after it's done with those pictures, like you can market yourself and build your brand however you want. Like you don't have to say like this job was only 30 grand, right? That customer paid 30 grand for it, but you can go to, you know, the next client in the future and say, here's an example of an 80 to a hundred thousand dollar project. And it looks like it yeah, and they'll believe it. So, mm -hmm. and that's really in reality what it should cost. But I had to make those sacrifices in the beginning and, it was, maybe it's just, I'm so far removed from it that like, I don't remember how difficult it was sticking with that in the beginning, but mm -hmm. I think I just had such faith in my vision for it that that overcame like any doubts about it. It was just like, and also setting out the expectation right from the jump that, all right, for this first year, I'm not worried about money whatsoever. As long as I'm making like 15 bucks an hour at the end of the day, I'm good. Yeah. So. So you, when you started during, during that hustle phase, you didn't have a child. So yeah. <laughs> I know that you yeah. hear that a lot. Like, oh, I wish I could do this, but I have a family to support. Like, so how would you encourage people to kind of balance that? I want to try new things, but I yeah. need to take care of my family. Yeah. 
that's that's always that now is you a have tough, a kid you have a little bit of perspective yeah, in that yeah. area <laughs> <laughs> um so i was i you know we didn't have uh a kid then so that definitely made it a lot easier like there wasn't another human being like depending on everything going well mm-hmm. so <laughs> but i just bought a house uh-huh. um and i paid for that like that was completely based off of what we were doing just in landscaping, like cutting grass, mulching, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And after I built my first deck and patio, like I just got rid of all that stuff, like right before leaf cleanup season, which is like awesome. Cause you make a ton of money doing that. But I was like, I'm completely done with this. Mm-hmm. I want to just sell this equipment, get it out of here, start my new business going into the winter with no prospects of work or anything. So I think if you're starting out, with a family you need to be somewhere and you probably can't make that drastic of a jump Mm -hmm. you know probably a little bit more planning but I think a lot of it also comes down to you know how you live like what your lifestyle is like in general if you're like if you're right up against you know your your monthly bills are like just what you're making and like you're just scraping by and living beyond your means Mm -hmm. that's going to give you like no freedom or flexibility in your life like you're you're probably never going to leave your job. Yeah. You're going to stick with that because if you miss like a month's worth of pay, you're behind on car payments and and mortgage. So mm-hmm. I think ideally if you can have a lifestyle that you can support with, you know, not a crazy amount of money. Like I live in a super small house, you know, trucks paid off. Um, we just don't have a lot of debt or I mean, I spent all my time working or editing videos. So, like, I don't even have time to buy. I don't even know what I would spend my money on. Like, I don't know. I Somebody told me they bought a boat, and I was like, that sounds like so much work. I know you love yachting. <laughs> it is so a lot it's like a, I know. Like, to me, especially like a speedboat. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, that just sounds like the last thing. Like, I'll go on someone else's boat. That yeah. sounds great. But to own a boat, like... That sounds so expensive. Yeah. Especially like, a speedboat because then you have to yeah. pay for like gas and everything. Yeah, it's, it's like so expensive. It's a lot. You have to maintain it's it. Crazy. It's crazy. Really expensive. Yeah. So like don't buy boats <laughs> like right in the beginning <laughs> of your business. Like just like scale back what like really evaluate what you need in your life. And yeah. if you really think you need all those things, then you're probably never going to be in a situation where you're going to be in a good spot to leave whatever job you have or whatever you have going because you can't afford to take that risk. So I like to structure everything on a personal level and in the business. Like, so I have that freedom to make decisions that I want to make and not have my bills dictate, you know, what that decision has to be. So we're, we're kind of at another point now with like expanding our crew, buying a mobile command center where it's like, it's going to take a little bit before this like, pays for itself and like takes us to that next step. But Mm -hmm. because of the way I've structured my business and my personal life, I'm able to kind of put out that investment and wait for the return, you know, because it's not going to be, I mean, we'll see how this podcast goes. (laughs) This is a direct, you know, correlation to the mobile command center, but it's going to take time for anything to pay off. So like you need to be in a position where you can make that investment be comfortable with it and wait for the return. Yeah. If you're like paycheck to paycheck, you know, you're just never going to have freedom in your life. And, you know, you're just not going to be in a position where you can start a business. So, yeah, um, I heard this quote that was, I'm probably misquoting it, but it was something like change is the hardest thing until you do it. Like you want this thing and you're going to have to make sacrifices and you're going to have to change a lot of things, but you're going to be so happy when you're on the other end of it. You're going to be so happy that you tried this new thing. You'll be proud of yourself. You'll be, you know, it's hard to think. You just need to believe in yourself that it won't end up in flames. Yeah. And most of the time it won't. (laughs) If you believe in yourself and you work really hard at the thing that you want to do and you put a lot of thought and effort into it and go full throttle, give it your all. Yeah. Then it won't, Turn th- crappy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes things blow up in flames. Sometimes they you know, do. But that's, and then that's, you pivot. Then you pivot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, like you were saying, like change is 
is the hardest thing until you do it and then you realize like okay this is this is where I wanted to be and like yeah. now this is just what I do mm-hmm. and I think some people look at starting a business or or just their job in general as like okay this is going to be this is my way to make money so that I can afford all this other stuff when I'm not working yeah and I think ideally and what I always tried to do was how can I bring all the things that I already like doing and make them part of my job? So I loved, you know, doing stuff like editing and, and making videos. So that was a reason, another reason I jumped into that. So it's like part of, it's kind of my hobby and now I'm mm-hmm. making it part of my job. I like to talk a lot. So podcast <laughs> seems like a perfect Natural fit. progression. Yeah. So it's like, that's another reason I feel like I'm able to live super simple because all my hobbies are like part of my job. I don't like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I, w- I want to say I don't have any hobbies, but I do. They're just all part of my job and they all help make money. So yeah. I think if you start a business where you're really doing stuff you're passionate about, like you're not going to look at it so much as far as this is how much money I'm making so that I can spend it on this other thing. Like, a speedboat or a race car or I don't know, whatever other people buy. I don't even know. <laughs> I feel like I don't even have time to like go to a store to buy clothes. Yeah. Went to Walmart today and I got this, I got this vest. and that, It's a nice vest. I'm going to wear this vest for like the next year. Yeah. This is just my 2022 vest. <laughs> so like if you structure your business around the things that you love and you're passionate about, mm-hmm. like it's like you're going to be doing your hobby all day. Yeah. And it's not going to matter so much that you're not going to have a ton of money to start. Like if you if you're really working your passion and you, and you have a good vision for how you're going to build around it. I think the the money will come at the end. You know, it takes time to get there, but I think it will. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to mind that like time investment and sacrifice in the beginning because you're going to be enjoying it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think if. I think people think about their hobbies and stuff as like, oh, I like doing this one specific thing. But usually it's like you, I think that your hobby is to be creative. You like to create things. So like the editing or the creating content or that, that whole thing fills that void. Like I, when I was working in corporate America, I think of myself as a creative person and it was completely stifled there. So I would go crazy with all these hobbies, like. (laughs) I picked up painting or crocheting or I would trash book furniture and redo it. And like, I just was constantly trying to fill that void. And now that I have a job where I'm able to be creative, I'm like, I don't really need to paint. I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) Like (laughs) painting is fun, but like if you're filling that void, then it's. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like I think, cause I always like kind of looked at, at myself, like how did I get into doing decks and patios and backyards? Like that's so random. Mm -hmm. And I think like, it was just like, kind of a matter of circumstance but it it was that creative like that filled that creative void yeah so like you know if something went different in my path to get here like I probably wouldn't be doing decks and patios maybe I would be doing you know who knows what I'd be doing but it would be doing something around that creativity so um yeah like you know maybe if you're really into I I think you have to look at what you're into you're passionate at a bigger level like yeah I'm not like I guess I am now super passionate about decks and patios, but that's not like my, that wasn't my childhood dream, but I looked at it. Kindergarten Sean wrote on his, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to build backyards. I want to build a deck. Yeah. (laughs) Every day. But it did like, the the first taste of it was like, oh my God, I get to be creative. I get to like, you know, come up with an idea, build it, see it. Like that filled that creative void, which it, you know, maybe I wouldn't be doing decks and patios, but I would probably be doing something similar, something in a creative sense. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with the videos, like it's just another way to do something creative so that that is all, it's pretty much all I do now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like able to invest all my time in it because I feel like I'm just doing a fun hobby. Yeah. Which is great, which is super fun. That's ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, my dad was a boat builder and he always said the opposite. He was like, don't do your hobby as a job and then you'll, cause then you'll hate your hobby. But I think that he was just looking at it as like a very specific thing. Like, okay, he loved boats. So then he built them and then he was like, 
this is boring. But what he he didn't love yeah. boating as much as he loved creating things. He's just yeah. If you just look at it in a more more broad sense, it's like oh, you didn't ruin your hobby. It's yeah. not like <laughs> <laughs> you still like to create. You still have that drive to do that thing. Jeez, maybe I'm going to get to a point where like I can't even stand the sight of a deck. Like, no, <laughs> God, someone's going to invite you over to a party. I cannot go on yeah. that deck. Do not invite me to your yeah. deck party. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that that's really an interesting way to look at it, like kind of identifying, you know, what what you're passionate about in that broader sense, whether it's creativity or some people get real jazzed about organization and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. they would probably be good as an accountant or as like a declutterer or if that's a thing. I think that a is. Professional, yeah. Like with <laughs> like, that Marie Kondo lady. Yeah. She yeah, yeah. Got like a Netflix show about it. Yeah. So boring, but <laughs> I want to be like that so bad. I want to have some of those characteristics, but it's just not me. So I feel like as the business has grown and I've hired out some of my weaknesses, first off, it, it just like takes that completely off my plate for the most part. And mm -hmm. it allows me to like really focus on the things that, you know, that I'm good at mm -hmm. and I can like be more of myself because that's all I'm worried about. Right. What, what do we got for time check right now? How long have we been talking? Um, so it's in seconds, so I don't know. Wow. <laughs> you can tell we're kind of new at this whole podcast thing. <laughs> um, but some of our goals for the podcast, um, should we should we tell some of the some of the topics that we were thinking about? Let's just yeah. keep them a secret, or should we tell? No, I think I think we should um. Give them a little well, taste. Well, of give them a little taste and, and also just kind of like go over what our intentions are with this podcast, yeah. what we want to accomplish. So I guess in a broad sense of what um, what I'm always looking to accomplish with, with our content, like kind of the messaging behind it is like I want people to feel empowered that they can do anything they set their mind to. I think too yeah. many people doubt themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they they just, you know, they don't believe in themselves. Yeah. And we need to change that. People need to believe in themselves. Absolutely. So I think if we pull back the curtain on all of the things, like if people can really get a sense of like how bad I am at my weaknesses, they'll be like, wow, if he can do that, that's, I can do anything too, you know? So I want to empower people to follow their dreams, follow their passion, do what they want, believe in themselves. Yeah. Maybe and, a little switch in perspective, kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah. Step outside of yourself a little bit and see yeah. things from Take a, a reevaluate. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what are some of your goals with the podcast? Um, yeah, I think it's helping people reevaluate. I think people, especially as adults, I think kids are better at it than adults, but adults are like you just get pigeonholed in life. You just can't kind of you think the way that you think and you just kind of put your nose at the grindstone and you do that one thing and then that's it. But I think that there's so many more ways to look at life. And I know in my life when things have been not going the way that I wanted it to and I kind of took a step back and looked at it in a different way, it's just so refreshing and really it gives you an opportunity that you didn't have before. So I think that helping Change people... perspective, yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Just think about things differently. Like yeah. maybe a teaser, one of ours is... Um, one of our future episodes is going to be college versus the trades. And I think that that's not, that's something that people are just so conditioned to. You go to college. That's what you do yeah. after high school. I and think I think that that shouldn't be the way that it is. So it definitely shouldn't. Cause should I that. went to college. I went to community college for like six years probably and mm -hmm. didn't even get an associate's degree yet. So I had no business being in college, like at <laughs> all. Luckily, I went to a community college and like I paid for it as I went, so I didn't have any debt. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was good for that. Like I was finding myself in those years. Like I yeah. didn't know what I wanted to do, so right. I don't regret that time. But you know, I could have been doing anything else. Like yeah, school was never for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's gonna be another topic. Yes. We're gonna we're we're just gonna break down kind of everything. I don't yeah. want to give away too much. We're gonna we're gonna do yeah, one about women tease. in the trades. Yes, because you got your your first like full <laughs> full immersive construction <laughs> industry experience at the Deck Expo. Yes, and, and I have a lot to say about it. Yep, <laughs> we'll get into that because yes. I don't know how many times like I almost saw somebody's head explode when you told them that you 
were not married to anybody that was there. <laughs> yes. That yeah. your husband I was, was just... at home and not related <laughs> to this trip. Yes, completely um, independently. I was just yeah. existing in a career. Yeah. That was mind-blowing to people. It really, really <laughs> was. Like, you saw people's heads spin. They were like, yeah. hold on. So you're not married to this guy. So you're married to that guy. <laughs> that guy over there? What about... <laughs> Who are you married to? <laughs> you can't just be a lone woman at this professional event. So I think that is something that we're going to break down in a future episode as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it all over some craft cocktails. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. I hope everybody joins us for the ride and uh, give us some feedback. We're going to be on all platforms Spotify, like Apple Podcasts or whatever. Yeah. And wherever you listen to podcasts. Too. Yeah. They always say that. Where uh, else yeah. do people I, I listen don't know. To? <laughs> We're like, going to put it there, though. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Wherever. Yeah. I don't know. I listen to them on Spotify. We'll definitely be on Spotify. We're going to yes. have this on YouTube. Um, you can catch all of our content, obviously, at Premier Outdoor on Instagram, TikTok, Premier Outdoor Living on YouTube, mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. And we'll be coming at you with some more episodes every week. So. Give us some thoughts, leave us some comments, some reviews, let us know what you like, what you want to hear about, and uh, we'll also be looking to set up a call-in hotline so that uh, we can let you know what we're going to be talking about the following week. You can call in with some comments about it, we'll play them live on the recording, and, uh, and you'll, be part of the, you'll be part of the show. Yeah. So, any final yeah. words? No, I'm excited to get this off the ground, and I, you know, I think we've got some good topics on deck. Get the wheels turning. Yeah. So we're gonna run the mobile command we're, center. We're not gonna get the wheels turning. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna drinking. leave. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna leave we're this gonna, completely stationary. Yes, we're gonna digest <laughs> all of this. Wait till tomorrow to get the wheels turning. Then we will get the wheels turning. We will. We, we need like a we need like a something we say at the end. We do. Until next time, this has been the hardworking happy hour. See you next week. <laughs>